Welcome, everyone, to Episode 3 of the Speak Up by Avalon Bay podcast, sponsored by the Avalon Bay Women's Leadership Network. Today's episode will feature a roundtable discussion hosted by Jackie Tedesco. Our panelists for today's episode are Avalon Bay working moms in various stages of motherhood. Let's listen as they discuss balancing work and life. Well, welcome everyone. I'm Jackie Tedesco, and I'm pleased to host our third Speak Up podcast, where today we'll discuss what it's like being a working mom at Avalon Bay. My guests today bring a wealth of knowledge and experience to Avalon Bay and our podcast topic today on being a working parent. We'll cover a couple of areas by first getting to know our guests, then we'll discuss their life experiences of being a working mom, and close out with some key learnings and advice. So let's start out by introducing our guests. I have Trisha Planton here, Alicia Black, as well as V Judge. So let me start with you, V. Would you mind uh, telling us a little bit about who you are, and what you do, and what's your scope of responsibility? Of course, Jackie. Thanks for having me here. I am a Senior Regional Director in Nota, California, and I have a pleasure to work with a great group of directors. I currently oversee two portfolio directors and two maintenance directors. Wonderful. How about you, Alicia? My title is facilitator for uh, the learning and development group here at Avalon Bay. And currently my scope is I have two regions, Northern California and the Pacific Northwest, where I do all of our associates onboarding, no matter what department they're in, and also our management courses as well. I, I teach and develop them within that scope. Wonderful. Trisha. Hi, I'm Trisha Planton, and um, I'm Director of Operations in San Jose. I also cover Emeryville. My scope of responsibility is ever-evolving, but currently I oversee about 3,200 units in Northern California. Wonderful. I'll, I'll round it out and share that my name is, again, Jackie Tedesco. I've been with the company almost 23 years. So let's talk about what stage of motherhood you're in. Trisha. Well, I still think I'm uh, in a fairly early stage. I have an eight-year-old daughter, Elise, and although she thinks she is 20, um, <laughs> I am holding on to her childhood as hard as I can. So still fairly, fairly new for me, but learning every day. Alicia? Same thing. I have a four-year-old. I'm definitely glad I'm not in the baby stages anymore, but yeah, Aria is four and she's definitely acting like she's in her 30s or something. She, you know, has her own car, bike, her own life, her own money. So, yeah, early stages. Can't wait till she's grown. All right. <laughs> Last but not least, V. Well, I am in three different stages right now, <laughs> which definitely keeps me very busy. I have a toddler who is three I'm named Alex. I have a preteen who's 12 named Ella, and I can I agree with <laughs> Trisha and Alicia. She's 12 going on 18. And I have a 17-year-old named Joshua who is getting ready to go off to college next year. So really excited. So many great stages. I'm well beyond all of you with an almost 20-year-old daughter, Juliana, and my son, 22. He's Vincent. All right, and I love this question. What's your go-to order, V, if we start with you? at your favorite hometown restaurant. Hands down, I'll have to say crispy beef tacos from this little authentic Mexican restaurant in downtown San Jose, Salido Lido. It's one of our family restaurants that we always tend to go to or pick up orders if we need to. 
Alicia? Well, I am thankful enough to have a, a chef or used to be a chef. So we like to eat in a lot. So whatever my husband is ready to make, I am ready to eat. But if it's a day where we need to eat out for whatever reason, we like to splurge and go crazy and go Chick-fil-A. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta love those waffle fries. <laughs> I kind of thought about this question because I love food. And I'm, <laughs> I'm from Louisiana. And most everybody knows that. And I have hometown restaurants in New Orleans that I could tell you what I like at every one of them. My ultimate favorite is black and redfish topped with lump crab meat. And that's at the Redfish Grill in the French Quarter. That is just to die for is really good but if I were to call San Jose my hometown which I have lived here since 2000 I just haven't said it yet um, I would say that I really love the local La Vila uh, deli homemade ravioli that they serve at tomato time which is in Willow Glen I'm going to round out those food groups and share that I'm born and raised here in Santa Clara and my favorite place is Stan's Donuts. So they're super sweet, glazed, warm donuts. Amazing. I'll bring them to the office again one day soon. Yes, please. So uh, We're all hungry right now. Right? Yes. Well, let's move into the next segment and we'll talk a little bit more about being a working mom. And I'm going to start with you, Alicia. How do you juggle your work life and your family life? That is the struggle every single day, but I think the biggest way that I'm able to balance it is just organization. I go nowhere without my phone that has both my personal calendar, my work calendar. I have it also written down. If I didn't have a running to-do list or a calendar, I'd be lost as I always am. I'm just like, oh, where am I supposed to be? Perfect, I'm here. So yes, organization, organization lists are the only way that I would make anything work. Trisha, how about you? How do you juggle your work life and family life? I mean, I think Alicia brought some very good points. Organization is sort of my Bible. Balance is the goal. I mean, we hear balance with a capital B as women all the time, and especially as working moms. I find it elusive, so I fought for it hard in my 30s. I thought I need to be balanced. I need to find balance. I read a lot of books about balance. And now in my 40s, I'm sort of settling for doing my best in the moment that I'm in. So I try to be present when I'm at work. I try to be about work. And when I'm at home, I try to be about being at home. And it's not always easy because they can bleed into each other a little bit. But I have a very good support system, which we'll talk about later. What are your tricks? Well, I I couldn't agree more with what Trisha and Alicia said. It, It really boils down to just trying to juggle it and being organized is really the key. I think as you get older, you really start understanding how important that balance between work and family life is, how important that is. So I really try to leave my work at the office and really be present in my kids' lives. Let's talk a little bit about um, how being a mom has helped you in your career. I'll go to D. Hmm. Well, that's a great question. You know, I thought a lot about this, and I feel that no one knows how to manage their time like a mother. I think becoming a mother makes you more intentional with your time. And what that means is when you, you ha- when you have a task to do, you really have a certain time frame you have to get it done because, you know, you have to go pick up your children from school or there might be a basketball or a soccer game. So you really aim to get whatever you're doing in that specific time, which I think in a way really gives you an advantage <laughs> over us people that might not have that. 
Great point. Alicia? I would, I'm, I'm nodding my head, not that anyone can see that, but to V, yeah, you have to be very intentional and I have become very task-oriented and just getting things done because you don't know when you'll be able to get them done with such a busy work life and, and home life. Would you like to add anything, Trisha? I definitely agree with having that to-do list, having uh, managing two calendars, sometimes three, and making sure that you're not letting any balls drop. But I also think that it's taught me to be more patient and empathetic. Great points. Well, good. So on the flip side... Split that question and say, how has your career helped you as a mom? Biggest thing is patience. Patience is hard. And even my daughter's taught me a lot about patience. Uh, she learned about patience this year in school and, <laughs> and told me how I was not being very patient. And you have to be patient at work. And I sometimes wasn't able to translate that at home. Trisha, how has your career helped you as a mom? I think my career has changed over the course of the time that I've had my daughter in the past eight years quite significantly, and she's been able to see me succeed at work, which has been really good for her. Do you have some thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, I I thought a lot about this, and, you know, I, I really feel like my career really helps me teach my kids responsibility and dedication. I believe showing my kids my passion and drive when I take on a project really sets a good example for them. And at the same time, you know, throughout our careers, there are ups and downs and, you know, you take on different things and sometimes you might not do them as well. And, you know, I I think we're foolish when we think that our kids are not watching us during those times. And I, I think it's a really good opportunity to really show them how well, maybe you have failed today. How are you going to take on the next day? And how are you going to learn from that experience and do better next time? Andy, I'm going to come back to you and ask you this next question and you know, talk a little bit about the types of compromises you've made at work for your family and vice versa, any compromises that you think are notable that you've made on the home front that have benefited your work life. Sure. Well, I, I think one of the main things is, you know, that I've seen my co-workers or you know people that I've worked with throughout the year is being able to move or take on different responsibility to kind of keep growing their career you know I feel like they were able to accelerate that by being able to move from one region to another or move from one coast to another and really having family here and you know having my kids in school that really has never been an option for me so that's how you know that on that side on the other side what um compromise i've made at home you know as much as i said earlier i really try to leave my work at the office that's sometimes not possible i have a feeling we're going to hear that a little bit more here (laughs) as we continue the dialogue how about you trisha i mean i think we can all look at each other and say mom guilt is a real thing yeah and we can count the times that we know we're missing things I've been lucky in recent years as Elise has grown to have really big support systems at Avalon Bay where they say, you can't miss this stuff. You got to go to that stuff. But early on when I had her, I was so afraid that I was going to compromise too much to be a mom, which I hated leaving her. So I, I missed a lot at the beginning and to be fully present at work. And now I know that I'm not going to get that time back. So there's also times at school, her school, which uh, is very volunteer oriented and it's a very close community. 
there are moms there that are literally there all day. And, you know, you'll get the comment, Mommy, why don't you come and teach a reading class or volunteer at PE? And the little things like that, it's kind of little paper cuts. But you... <laughs> But then you know what you're doing is so important, too, because she's proud of you in the moments that you feel successful and you show her that. And in the moments, like you said, I thought that was really beautifully said, where it's not always perfect and um, you know how to manage through that with them. Hi there. We hope you're enjoying this episode of the Speak Up podcast. If you're interested in getting involved with future podcasts, this is your chance. We're looking for stories for our next episode about facing challenges in your career. How has your unique diversity, such as gender, ethnicity, or other, helped you face a challenge in your career? If you would like to participate, please record your story and send an audio or video file by email to speakuppodcast at avalonbay.com by no later than August 31st, 2020. Please keep your stories to three minutes or less. Now, back to our episode. Uh, So, Trisha, I'll start with you. Who and or what has helped you be successful at work and at home? Well, I think I'd be in trouble and remiss if I didn't start with my husband because he's incredible. (laughs) He is someone who will drop anything for his daughter, and, and he is very understanding because he has a very demanding job as well. When the demands of work take over, he's respectful of that. I've also been lucky enough to have incredibly strong women whom I've reported to and men as well. And they have been very supportive and I've learned a lot from them, some who have kids and some who don't. And then I've also benefited from the people who have reported to me and just some very strong peers. I I respect V and Alicia and you, Jackie. I've looked to you several times in my career. So yeah, that's that's who I've sort of been leaning on, my sort of tribe. Yeah. Oh, and I think you made a really good point too. I'm not from this area and my family is not here. Everyone is still in Louisiana. Neil's family is still in Illinois. And so uh, we have the family we chose out here and um, very strong support system of other moms who are able to take on some responsibilities if we need them. How about you, Alicia? Is there a who or a what that you can point There to might you? be an all the above, but go. yes, mainly it, I have to give it to my husband. I mean, literally, especially with my traveling schedule, if I didn't have him, I, we don't know where Ari would be right now. <laughs> literally, without him, without our organization, as far as who pick up, when, where's the food, is it refrigerated, microwavable, all that stuff literally gets texted to me on a daily and vice versa when I'm out of town. If it weren't for him, I, I literally would not know what to do. My best friend's about 35 miles away. My dad's two hours away and then the rest of my family's in Southern California. So we're it. Yeah, and, and in regards to all the above, you know, going back to what you were saying, since I, I had Aria, which was down in the LA region, and I was still working on site, it's always been Avalon Bay family that had my back first. And Dee, how about you? It's really been my family. I'm, I'm very fortunate. I have very supportive parents and four beautiful sisters. They've always really been supportive and encouraging, and 
I probably wouldn't be here without them. There's definitely been times when I've doubted myself and they've always been there to lift me up and kind of tell me that I am where I am because I deserve to be. And that's always been helpful. And, you know, I I cannot mention my husband. He's definitely been my calm during the storm. He's the one where, you know, where I feel like everything around me is falling apart. He's the one. He's always calm. And then, you know, my kids, I know we talked about, I think my kids have really taught me patience, which I think can really be handy in our industry. And again, just overall, my family, I've been very fortunate to have such a strong support system. And while not all of them are in this country, some, you know, live in different parts, different parts, still being able to keep that close relationship has been amazing. I know I was reflecting on this question for myself, and uh, I think of that movie, I believe it was called Pay It Forward, and I remember uh, joining the company in 97. I joined in May of 97. I found out in June or July I was pregnant, Oh wow! and I wasn't ready. I mean, I was ready. I was married and excited, but I remember maybe it was five months after finding out that I was pregnant that I finally told my boss, who's <laughs> no longer with the company, but he was amazing, and he said, Jackie, that's wonderful. You know, when you come back to work, you should do what my wife did and just work part-time, you know, build up and work part-time. And I, I wasn't even thinking that was an option. And I know for folks on my team who have had children, I've been very, well, likewise, uh, very supportive and where it makes sense and where we can do that. So that's one of my pay it forward moments that I've had in my career here at Avalon Bay. What are some things that you do to stay connected in your children's lives? And I'm looking to be now. Yeah, that that one is easy. I, you know, some of the things that I really make it our priority is having dinner time together every night. It's one of those things that we really enjoy. We all have a requirement to put our phones away and we really truly spend time together during dinner time. We talk about our days. You know, I've changed the way I ask questions, meaning in the past I would say, how was your day? And I would get good, you know, I'll get answers <laughs> like good. Or, you know, now it's more, you know, what was the best part of your day? Tell me more about that. And then really taking the time to spend one-on-one -on -one time with them. As I mentioned, my kids are all at a different ages. So really taking the time to spend time with each one whether it's having dinner together, going to the movies, going on a hike, whatever they're into at that moment, I've really found so valuable and it really helps me stay connected and feel really close to them. It must feel good for the kids that, you know, in school all day and they just need a little bit of relief, some mom time to get away. I, I, I remember my, the uh, errors of my way and always asking the kids about their class or their teacher and they so just wanted to talk about you know the time on the playground and, and right. uh, step away from the academics. Absolutely. I, I've just found that just changing the way you ask those questions mm -hmm. can just really open up that conversation even more. Alicia, how, how do you stay connected? Whenever I get the chance, I am, I'm at her school. They actually have a little spot for me that I work out of that has Wi-Fi. And they're like, this is Alicia's spot. Because if, if we're able to schedule it, which they all know, if they give me ample time a month in advance, I will be at the field trip. I will, you know, help out in the classroom. I will read the book. I, I coach with, along with my husband, a lot of Aria's teams, soccer, baseball, flag football. 
whatever it is that she wants me present for, but I've become that mom that I'm, I'm there until she tells me, hopefully not too soon, to go away. Right. <laughs> it will happen. I know. <laughs> I'm dreading that. I'm holding on as right? long as I can to my little sweet girl. I think we make the choice to stay connected because it's, it is easy in this day and age to be on your phone when you're home or watching the news or doing something because you want to decompress after a day of work. But I think V and I may have read the same Pinterest infographic on how to speak to your children to get not a yes or no answer out of it because I definitely am always asking what was your favorite part of the day or what part of the day made you say, gosh, I wish I hadn't done that or something like that. And it's amazing to hear what comes out of a child's mouth, the way they think. I try to stay connected, just getting back to the question. Um, in this, in similar ways as Alicia, I want to be a part of her life, and her life is very much about her school community and extracurricular stuff, sports. I'm a dance mom also, which is capital D, capital M. It's a lot of <laughs> classes and competitions and performances, and so it's it's challenging, but it's her passion. So I think staying connected to what makes them happy and being there for that is a good way to make sure that you're doing the right thing. It's not always easy, and time is not always kind. And I'm so envious of your family dinners. V, I'm going to stick with you on this question. What advice would you give your new mom self? I think number one is don't overthink things. I think we all <laughs> tend to do that. And it's just go for it and do your best. And don't look back, but keep looking forward. And I think one last thing, I think Trisha kind of touched on it a little bit, is do your best, if, if all possible, to go to all the field trips, to go to all the games, even at that, you know, I know sometimes that might sacrifice some of those things, but you don't get the second round of that. And it's really important. And I can tell you, you it really means a lot to your kids and they will remember that. So. They see your face in the stands. Absolutely. Or on the sidelines. Alicia, how about you? I would tell my new mom self, stop crying so much. It will be all right. And the other thing is use Amazon and don't go out because <laughs> baby plus breastfeeding and milk and poopy diapers and grocery shopping do not equal happiness. So use your resources or use the help. When people say, can I come and help you? You're not too proud to ask for help. I kept denying it. And now I'm always like, yes, you're here, mommy. Perfect. Take her. <laughs> v and Alicia both said asking for help. That is very hard to do as a new mother because you're just, especially your first child, you feel like you're always failing because you just, there's so much you don't know. Everyone tries to tell you there's so many books out there, but it's, it's all really not that important as long as you're just present for your kid. And um, I would say that you do regret the moments that you miss. So make those choices and be strong in those moments where you need to ask for that time that is asking for help. And I would also tell myself that people are going to be a lot more understanding than you think they are. Trust. I think that was a big issue is that I just, I was so nervous to trust people with my struggles or needs. So I would say just open up and trust. 
think that's a, a great um, calming word. Trust and, and yeah, believing in yourself and those around you. And again, I, I was so astonished at the support I got early on, you know, when uh, I found out I was pregnant and then <laughs> had my kids and, and there's so many helping hands. And you're not only enriching your life by giving yourself a little bit of a relief, but you're enriching the lives of those that get to spend time with your wonderful children. Well, we're going to wrap this up with a question on resources. What resources have helped you along your path through parenthood? Could be books, podcasts, magazines, anything come to mind? Trisha. I'm not a big podcast person, even though I'm doing a podcast right now. (laughs) So just so everybody knows, I should have started with that at the beginning of this. Obviously, that's how bad I am with podcasts. But I would say that more than anything, my resources have been human resources. And I was really lucky when I first had my daughter that I just had some really strong partners across the country and they were really resources for me that helped me sort of settle myself down and fall back into my successes in my career. And then I had resources. So that was, they were my resources at work. And then at, at home, my human resources were, as I said, my girlfriends and my husband and um, just really good advice. I have three older siblings who all have kids that are much older than Elise. And I was able to learn a lot from them. They have a lot of advice. They give a lot of advice. <laughs> my mother also gives a lot of advice. And I think it all comes from the Today Show. But uh, yeah, I would say human resources have been. Not HR, but. <laughs> How about you, Alicia? I think the biggest resources, again, that human interaction, you know, those that have been around me in my in my pool, like my best friend, just like, what what should I do? Let's just talk about it. How, how does this work? How do you do pickup? How do all these things happen? And just, again, creating that, that bond, that family to figure out how are you gonna move forward and, you know, still be successful. Any thoughts on the resources, human books or otherwise? Yeah, I would have to agree. It's For me, it's really been my mom. She's always the first person I call when I'm struggling or feeling overwhelmed as a mom. And, you know, my mom has this special way of always kind of bringing you back to say, as you mentioned earlier, is you're not always going to do things perfect. And there is no perfect parent. And there's not really a book or a podcast or something that you're going to read that's going to make you that, but it's just that you get up and you do your best and you learn from your mistakes. And then, you know, hopefully one day when you look back, you can say, I did it and I've succeeded. And, you know, our children are amazing. They're so pure and they love you and they accept you when you make mistakes. And that's just beautiful. Well, good. I think this wraps it up for us. Thank you all. You've been so wonderful in sharing your stories and your background and your children. And really appreciate your time today. So thank you very much. Thank you, everyone, for joining us on Episode 3 of the Speak Up by Avalon Bay podcast. We hope this empowers you to speak up, too. If you have comments you'd like to share or topics you would like to suggest, you can send them to us at our email, speakuppodcast at avalonbay.com. All statements expressed on this podcast are those of the participants only and not of Avalon Bay communities. 
Avalon Bay and the Women's Leadership Network reserve all rights to this podcast and its contents. This podcast is copyrighted and may not be reused or rebroadcast without permission.